I uh, just am so privileged to be here. Uh, my name's Mickey Stonier, Mickey Stonier. You can say either way, just don't say Mickey Stoner. It, <laughs> Pastor Stoner doesn't, of course, that's, we're in California, right? Uh, uh, but uh, Pastor Miles was here this morning and left, went home sick. And so uh, I'm going to be filling in this morning or today for the, the message. We want to pray for him. Just, gosh, uh, you know, you start off the year with all the expectations and then, bam, sometimes life hits us, doesn't it? I don't know about you, but last year, the ups and downs that some of us have gone through. How many had some great ups this last year? Good, good. How many of you had some challenges this past year? Okay, well, all of that's behind us, and let's, with expectation, head into 2018, as we are going to be heading into a season of prayer and fasting. I'll talk more about that in a moment. But I want to pray for our pastor and for his family. Uh, in the last few weeks, his mother uh, passed away, and so it's just a challenging season, dealing with bereavement and loss and just the challenges of life, and we're going to have a celebration of life service for his mother, Pastor Mal's mother, Margaret, Mama McPherson, through her life as a praying mom, a loving mom, with very gifted, energetic uh, sons and daughters. It's amazing how this woman has impacted our city, literally has impacted our city and the world through her influence on her family. And so it's going to be an open service. We want to invite all of our churches to come and join together as we honor uh, Mrs. McPherson. It'll be 11 o'clock next Saturday. It'll be a worship service, and Pastor Miles will be uh, sharing his hearts and the family reflections. So it'll be a great way to support the family. But at this time, I'm going to ask, we're going to do something a little different. If you would all stand. And I want to pray for our pastor, pray for this year, for us as a congregation. But if you are able, I'm going to ask you to pray on your knees. And so I know that might be a challenge for some. I know you're in concrete between seats, but if you're able, if not, you can go ahead and sit down. But to pray on our knees in a posture of humility as we humble ourselves before the Lord. Let's bow our hearts together as we pray. Lord, we come to you just as we are. We come and we say hallelujah, praise to Yah, praise to Jesus. And we want to thank you for the work that you're doing in our lives. We thank you for who you are and the intimate relationship you desire for each and every one of us to discover real life and meaning and purpose. And so I pray for your just abundant blessing upon the people of Rock Church throughout the county and around the world, that your love and your blessing would be upon our lives as we embark on a new year. We want to surrender to you. We want to humble ourselves before you. We pray for our dear pastor, Pastor Miles, and his sisters, his brothers, that you would just bring comfort to this family. We thank you for their testimony. We thank you for the power of God upon them. And we do pray you would honor them as they seek to all to honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, please stand with me. And I want you to turn to someone near you and just tell them 
What do you want God to do in your life this year? What is something, a miracle that you want God to do in your life, in your family, in your health, in your job? Just for a moment, share that with someone standing next to you. If you can't think of a miracle, I'll give you one. All right, you can go ahead and be seated. You know, the Bible testifies that we serve a God of miracles, a God who does wondrous things. Uh, God is so gracious, so loving. He's probably one of the greatest miracles is transforming a life, a heart that we can live in God's presence forever. And for some of you maybe here today, today is a day for a miracle of you to enter into a relationship with the living God. Maybe you've come in here with burdens and the struggles. I just want to share with you, God loves you. And God has a plan and purpose for each and every one of us. As Katrina was sharing her journey about the life class, if as yet you haven't gone, I want to encourage you. God will transform your life as you learn who you are. Maybe you started the life class, haven't finished it yet. You know, I want to encourage you to come on back. Uh, today we're learning about loving relationships. But we're going to enter into a 21-day fast. And what does that mean? Well, a fast is something you do very quickly. It's fast. <laughs> okay. But not while you're not eating. Or, and there's different things. Uh, you, I want to encourage you to text today the number 52525 and put in the word fast. And text fast, the word fast, to 52525. And we'll lead you into some options, some devotionals. You'll receive some devotionals every day for 21 days. And encourage you to set aside a season for you to slow down, to draw close to the Lord. You may choose to drink juice and water for the, first, for the 21 days as you will definitely slow down. You won't have the energy, but it's a time for you to, to really connect with God, to wait on him, to, to seek him in the scriptures, to hear his voice. Or maybe as some do the Daniel fast where they eat fruit and vegetables. The design is not that we impress God with how religious we are, but it's to surrender our lives, to submit, and really depend upon him. This morning, we're going to look at a passage in the Gospel of John, chapter 17. So I encourage you to turn there. John 17, the beginning of the chapter. And this is the prayer of Jesus, one of the prayers of Jesus, where he prays for his relationship with his father. He prays for his disciples, his friends that were with him, at that time, and then he prays off into the future for you, for me, specifically praying for us who would one day believe in him. And God is definitely a God of miracles. My wife, uh, over a year ago, she tore the ligament away from 
the bone in her shoulder was pulling something heavy. Uh, her husband had the light suitcase. She had the heavy one. And it tore her ligament. But we went to the doctors and they were saying, oh, just rest it. And, you know, we'll give you a cortisone shot. Nine months later, the insurance finally said, we'll do an MRI. Oh, the ligament is torn away. We prayed and God chose to do a healing through surgery. She had surgery and they attached the ligament to the bone. And for a month she had to keep her arm in a sling, couldn't move it, very painful. She can't take the heavy pain medication, it makes her sick. And so then you start rehabilitation where they start through physical therapy. And after nine months of physical therapy, she could only move her arm this far and could only raise it this high. So then the doctor said, well, your option is to have another surgery or you could have a miracle or you could live with this limitation. Well, she didn't want to live with this pain and all of this, so we were praying, people laying hands on her, praying, and, and so the surgery was scheduled for July. Still couldn't move it. Well, we, we have, my daughter has a Bible study at her house, and people came over, and at the end of the study, they were getting together in small groups and praying, and one of the young men that, that uh, was going to the Rock School of Ministry, Actually, the Rock School of Ministry is starting January 23rd. If you're not aware of that, just search our website, Rock School of Ministry. We actually have a program Monday through Thursday in the morning hours where you devote a season of your life, up to almost four, five months of your life, where the pastors get to pour into you, teach you, and you, you find the more in-depth the calling on your life. So I encourage you to check that out. Well, one of our students was at our house knowing that God can do miracles. And, and so as he was, the study was over, he was starting to leave. And he says, you know, I just have to say, does someone have a bad shoulder? Because since, ever since I got to your house, I've just had this pain in my shoulder. And I think God is speaking to me. And my wife, she goes, I do. <laughs> I do. And so I wasn't even there. I was teaching a class that night. And so they all gathered around her and just simply prayed in the name of Jesus Christ that he would heal her shoulder. At the end of the prayer, he says, how, how does it feel? And she raised it and it's still limited, still couldn't move it completely, but trusting God. He goes, well, you know what? I still have the pain. Let's pray again. In the Rock School of Ministry, you learn that God can do miracles. And so they gathered around just another short little prayer. In Jesus' name, be healed. And my wife was like, oh my goodness. Healed by the power of God's love in her life. Well, she went back to her physical therapist because he had measurements of what she could do. He recommended not getting the surgery because it was going to be so painful just to try to live with it. She goes back and says, hey, look, raises her hands up. He's like, what did you do? She said, God is a God of miracles. Jesus healed me. She canceled the surgery. The surgeon's office calls and said, well, uh, you canceled the surgery. Why did you cancel the surgery? She says, because Jesus Christ is alive and has the power to heal, and I'm proof of it. I got home that night after teaching my class. I walked to the door, 
open the door. My wife's there standing at the door, big smile. She goes, honey, look. She goes like this. I was like, oh my goodness. God had to get me out of the house to have others pray for you to get healed in Jesus' name. Because the power isn't in any of us. It's all in Jesus Christ. And in his timing, his perfection, his beauty and love, he healed my daughter. God has blessings for each and every one of us here. Not based on how good you are, not based on how much you know, not based on how religious you are, but based on his goodness and love, that God loves each and every one of us. I know this because he promises. His word is true. Look with me in John chapter 17. Jesus is about to be crucified to be arrested, to be hung on a cross, to die for the sins of humanity. And he's praying and he's having this intimate time with his father. And so Jesus spoke these words, verse one. He lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, God has given Jesus authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. As we enter into this opportunity, 21 days, for Jesus to work in our hearts that we would follow this example You see, in times of prayer and fasting, you grow weaker, you grow slower, and it's an opportunity for you to say, God, I want you to be glorified in my life. And God will speak to you. God will start to whisper. Sometimes he shouts to us. In the circumstances of our life, he'll reveal. You see, fasting is not what we do for God, but it's really a season where God is going to be moving in and through you to do wondrous things. Now, as Jesus prayed for you, look with me, verse 20. After he prays for his disciples, he says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's you, that's me. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that we may become perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them, as you have loved me. 
Do you see the dynamic of this prayer, the relationship between the father and his son, the love that he was expressing, and Jesus' prayer was that all of us here, through the testimony that would go through the ages, through the scriptures, that God's love, his prayer, that we would experience this oneness with God, this acceptance with God. You know, my, my oldest daughter, uh, when she got married, had her first child. There's just something beautiful in watching your daughter now have a daughter. And my first grandchild, my real name is Bapa now. Uh, uh, that's my kids, re, grandkids renamed me Bapa. And as she gave birth, her and her husband were in the birthing room and all the family, extended family were out in the waiting room. And finally the nurse came out and said, in a little while uh, when her husband comes out, one of you, one at a time, can go in the room. And so immediately I just stood by the door. And you know, as soon as that door opened again, I slept in, shut it behind me. And I was the first in. And there I am walking towards the bedside of my daughter and I'm seeing her hold her little firstborn, Kennedy, in her arms and she's looking at her daughter. And I look at her and I, I just said, Shiloh, you had no idea that this kind of love existed until now. And she, with tears in her eyes, starts to, to cry. She's like, I didn't know this love existed. And I said, this is the love that your mother and I have always had for you. But I could never explain it until now. You know, as you read these scriptures, God throughout his word is expressing his love. He's pouring out, he's demonstrated his love in Jesus Christ. God so loves you. He doesn't just love you. He so loves you that he gave his only begotten son that you would have this life in him, the forgiveness, that you would experience this unity with God, this oneness as he has with the Father. Now, I, I get the sense as I read this, I can only put into words, I, I can only go so far, but the Holy Spirit comes and confirms this love that God has given us, his Holy Spirit, to testify of this relationship that he has for us. I'm sure it's not until we go to heaven and we see God face to face. And I'm pretty sure he'll say something like, I tried to tell you and show you throughout your life how much I love you. But it'll be as if he'll say, but I, I couldn't fully explain it till now that you will see him. The Bible promises you will see him face to face. You will know as you're known. The Bible says that there's no more sorrow, nor death, no more tears. That God will wipe away the tears of your eyes. All the pain and sorrow in this life. Do you know there's probably only a handful of people that have been so close to you that have actually touched your face. And maybe to wipe away it. your mother perhaps, close loved one. But God's love is so intimate with us. And so dear that he, he, he describes the wiping away tears for eyes. You know, as we enter into this season of really saying, God, take my life. I want to surrender. 
whatever God is ministering, maybe it's not in your desire to fast at all. And yet I encourage you to pause and ponder and reflect upon your life and say, Lord, you know what? I, I just, I, I, want, I want what you want for me. And turn with me to Isaiah chapter 58. It's in the older test, the Hebrew scriptures, uh, chapter 58, a brief scripture here. In chapter 58, the Jewish nation, they had their rituals, their fastings, their, their weekly Sabbath and all the obligations that they had in religion. And yet, in, in verse 6, in fact, he actually in verse 5, he's, he's chiding them in verses 4 and 5 about how they're, they're fasting, but they're doing it for their benefit, for their pleasure. They're, they're not really understanding the meaning of what a fast, it became a ritual, it became duty, it was a routine. They went into it just a rut of religion. And in verse six it says, is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor, who are cast out, when you see the naked, that you cover him, and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall break forth like the morning, your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry. And he will say, I am here. I am here. When Jesus was born, they announced that his name would be Emmanuel. God with us. God is here. And God does not delight in religion, duty, obligation, ritual. He delights in a tender heart that's humble, yielded to him. As he says, the fast that he's chosen is to care for the poor to set aside our life, to surrender to God. It's then that we are renewed in the strength of God's promises. I have a friend that was going to be pastoring a church in Idaho, and he was flying up there. And as he got on the plane, he sat down, and a gentleman got on, kind of hurried, got on last minute, sat next to him, sits down, he's buckling his seat, and all of a sudden, the gentleman gets a, a text. And then he's reading the text, and he's like, ah, oh, I just can't believe her. And so my friend, as a pastor, he reaches out to the gentleman, what's, what's going on? What's, what, what are you so frustrated about in that text? He goes, oh, it's my daughter, my teenage daughter. She just became one of those born-again Christians. And she just texted me saying, I'm praying that God sits you next to a Christian who will testify of Jesus to you. He goes, can you believe that? And he goes, well, sorry to tell you, but I'm the answer to your daughter's prayers. From that point on, the whole flight, they engaged in a conversation at the end of the flight. This gentleman, this dad, prays to receive Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. 
God answers prayer. God answers prayer. And yet the point, as we saw, Jesus prayed for God to be glorified. It's not for what we get, though we get the benefit of a life and testimony of God. God loves us. And he wants to lavish upon us his presence. One of my favorite verses, Psalm 16, verse 11, says, In my presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know, I did a, uh, a wedding for a, a couple in Mission Bay. And before the wedding, we talk about the ceremony. We get together and all the details. And I make sure they bring the license, bring the wedding rings. And this couple wanted to have communion as part of their commitment to Jesus. That they would do a, a, like the Passover feast. Break bread, eat bread, and drink the juice or the wine symbolizing Jesus' death of his body and then the giving of his blood. So that was going to be part of the ceremony. And so I remind them, make sure to bring the communion elements. And so I arrive, they had the license, they had the rings, and I look at the table, there was nothing on the altar for their communion. And so I, I said to the best man, I said, could you go and get some wine or grape juice and a piece of bread? I'm sure at the reception hall they have bread or crackers, and put it on the altar, so the communion. He's okay, he runs off and all of that. Now the ceremony's just starting and I look, the altar had a napkin over some items and so we're like good to go. I look over at the best man, he's like, got you covered, you know. And so we get to the service and go through the beautiful service and, and yet before kissing each other, they wanted to honor Jesus Christ as their Lord and so they wanted to, in a sense, kiss the Lord through taking communion together. So I explain all of this, and we get to that moment. Music's now playing, and we walk to the altar, and people are in the audience are praying for them, and I uncover the elements. And there was a glass of orange juice <laughs> and a chocolate-covered biscotti. <laughs> I'm looking at this. I look over at the best man, you know, I was like this, and he's like, that's all there was, you know. And I had to pause and think, you know, it's not the physical elements that God's, it's the heart that God looks at. And wrong fruit, but it was the juice that had to be squeezed, you know. But then what got my heart was the chocolate-covered biscotti. And I'm thinking, that is so awesome. Because it really was symbolic to just the joy and celebration of what we get in Christ. I mean, amen. God gave us chocolate. Chocolate. Ladies, say amen. Amen. The fruit of the vine. Chocolate. And so we partook of that. But the scripture comes to mind. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. God so delights in you, so loves us. And Jesus prayed for you 2,000 years ago that we would enter in and discover this love. You see, it's one thing, we, we are promised eternal life, but his prayer was that we would live within eternal love. A love that goes beyond what our hearts and minds can comprehend. 
that our sins totally washed, our shame wiped away. And so I want to invite you for this year to lay a foundation for your future. And maybe, maybe for the very first time, it's as Katrina, as, as she made a commitment, came here six months ago and just knew she, you know, she had a Catholic background, she had religion, and, and, and so, or maybe you have a Protestant background and you have religion when you grew up, you knew God was out there, but you never entered into the relationship, an intimacy that God says and invites us to come. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, it's a paraphrase from the Message Bible. Jesus says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. When Jesus says, come to me, he's inviting us into this intimate relationship, the beauty and wonder and the majesty of being accepted by God. Now I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer to either receive the Lord or maybe you've had religion in the past and it's time for you to come back to the Lord, to enter into that rest, the rhythms of grace. I'm going to ask you, as we do here at the Rock Church, we, we want to encourage you to pray and then to stand, to publicly acknowledge as Jesus died publicly on the cross, that you would stand publicly in all humility, saying, you know what, I need God, I admit, I believe. And that you would confess that Jesus is the Lord of your life. The past, he promises, will be washed away and all things made new. And if someone came with you, you were brought with a friend or family, just grab them by the hand. And when you stand, I'm going to ask you to have them stand with you to support you. So would you bow your hearts with me as we pray? And just in the quietness of your heart, with heads bowed, eyes closed, say, Jesus, I, I anticipate 2018 really as a mystery. I don't know what awaits me. And yet I, I would be a fool to try to live this life apart from the dynamic of your love. And so in the best way I know how, I ask that you would come and Make me one with the Father. Lord, I believe that you died on a cross for my sins. I believe that I'm forgiven. I, I look at my life and all the, the shame, the guilt, the failures. I, I just ask that you would wash that all from me. And just like Katrina, I, I want to pray to ask you to come into my heart today. Or maybe you've drifted from the Lord. Let this be your prayer. Lord, I, I need to come back to you. I, I just know you, your grace is sufficient for me. I ask for your forgiveness. I pray that your love, the love of the cross, 
would you unite my heart with your heart? I want to let go of all that's holding me back from the blessings of an abundant life in you. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to, on the count of three, I'm going to ask that if you prayed either of those prayers, with all humility, not worrying what people think around you, but honesty before you and God, that you would just take that stand for Jesus Christ as he took a stand for you on the cross. If that's your prayer, you want all that God has for you this year. On the count of three, please, boldly and graciously stand to your feet. One, two, three. Stand to your feet. God bless you. God bless you. Stay standing. Stay standing. God bless you. I applaud you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Stay standing in the balcony. God bless you. You know, God honors you. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus prayed for you. And in the eternal mind of God, he was calling you to be a fulfillment of that prayer that awaits you and the blessings and pleasure of God. Maybe you're sitting here still and you know in the depth of your heart, I I want, I want that. Don't, Don't hold back. Let this year start with the blessing of surrender for God's love to come upon you. And so what we're going to do is take a moment. We want to celebrate you for this commitment you're making, just as Katrina did a number of months ago. We want to celebrate you and honor you and come around you and support you on your steps for growth in relation. Not to be religious. You're not joining an organization, but to be strong in your commitment to grow in Jesus Christ. So many of you that are standing, I want you to just step out of your seat, come down the aisles. If you're up in the balcony, the ushers will guide you. Come up here, and we want to celebrate you and honor you. God bless you. Come on down. Come on down. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. What a joy. What a way to honor the Lord to start off this beautiful year with Jesus Christ. God bless you. God bless you. Come join us. Don't rush out at this time. Let's celebrate with the angels of heaven. God bless you. turn around. All these crazy people, don't worry about it. You don't have to be like them. Uh, uh, but I, I can assure you that you're part of a big family. We have what are called our groups. We'll talk about that in a moment. Small groups to encourage you in. We have our life class. We'll encourage you to just take some steps. But we're here to serve you. We don't want anything from you. What we want is for you. So let me pray for you, okay? Lord, I, again, I, I just thank you for the beautiful people that uh, stand before me right now. I can only sense your love for them. You, you've thought about them ever since they were children and you awaited for these moments of 
just commitment and growth to receive the love and just the renewal that you have through your, your goodness and grace. So I pray for a blessing today and in the future that this year will just be a, a year of transformation for each and every one of them. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, I'm going to ask you to turn to your right. We want to encourage you, encourage you, give you a, a Bible, give you some things to help on your steps of growth. God bless you. God bless you. before, we don't want you to rush out. Go ahead and take your seat. There's some final uh, encouragements for you, but uh, let me encourage you. Bring a friend next week. Pastor Miles, Lord willing, will be back with us and continuing in a series on prayer. God bless you. Pastor Darren. Can we give it up? Give it up one more time for Pastor Mickey. He truly was like a firefighter this morning. Like, he didn't know what the bell rang, and he was ready to go. So, great job. Great job, Mickey. And you know what? We talk a lot about building community here and, and starting groups. I want you to, uh, 